Today we talk about, is it even worth trying artificial inseminations, also known as IUIs? I'm Dr. Mark Amos, and this is Taco About Fertility Tuesday. So today's subject is a little different because there are some things that are absolute and there are some things that are purely opinion. And when it comes to should you do IUIs, it really is more of an opinion versus an absolute, which means what I'm going to tell you today is my opinion. I'm going to discuss some of the research and what some of the studies have said, but in the end, it's my opinion, and I believe if you ask multiple doctors, you will get different opinions. But specifically, I want to explain to you what the studies have said and why I think some of the studies are wrong and why I think some of the studies are right. Well, let's get to it. So just in case... Some of you don't know what an IUI is. It stands for intrauterine insemination, and it means injecting the sperm into the uterus. What it's usually good for are people with male factor problems that are mild, sometimes unexplained infertility. It can definitely be used for people who have trouble having intercourse or who have trouble ejaculating into the vagina. It's also a great treatment for single women or for same-sex couples who need to do inseminations. In the end, IUI is very useful, but there are times it is not useful. Now, the most obvious would be if your tubes were blocked. Artificial inseminations and IUIs are not going to work if your tubes are blocked since the egg and the sperm would have no chance to meet up. The second situation would be if the sperm is severely low. We know sperm counts really need to be above 12 million pre-wash to be able to have enough sperm after wash for the insemination. Where the gray area comes is unexplained infertility. And it is considered kind of the gold standard to start with with unexplained infertility. But there are times when it may not make as much sense to do. Now, let's first define unexplained infertility. Unexplained infertility means when you don't have a reason for the infertility. Doesn't mean there isn't a reason. We discussed this in another topic. Unexplained does not mean the doctor doesn't know what's wrong. It means that you haven't done the test or enough testing to find out what's wrong. So sometimes things like IVF will help you figure out what's going on. So as you can imagine, if someone's been trying for 10 years and it's unexplained, the sperm is good, tubes are open, and you can't find any other cause, probably the chances of IUIs working are going to be pretty low. Versus a person who's only been trying for a year, they would have a better chance of IUIs working. Now, when we think about that, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it just comes down to statistics. If for 10 years you've been trying and there's nothing wrong, basically what you're saying is, is that the vaginal environment is so hostile and that the sperm is so dumb it can't make it to the egg that just injecting the sperm another three or four centimeters is going to fix everything. Now, does it happen? Yeah, it does. I've seen it. But what I definitely see is a lower 
pregnancy rate when doing IUIs after trying for more than three years. But on the same token, someone who hasn't been trying that long, I find IUIs are not unreasonable. And a matter of fact, probably about 50% of people get pregnant doing IUIs who should be doing IUIs. So then the question comes up is, who shouldn't be doing IUIs? Now, we just discussed the obvious, tubes being blocked, sperm count being severely low, where IVF is absolutely needed. But there are other situations where you may not want to do it. So one of the more gray areas would be if what if one of the fallopian tubes were blocked? Not both of them, but one is blocked. And you've been trying for at least a year or so. Well, the thing is, bacteria is the most likely cause of blocking the tubes, maybe endometriosis. But when you think about it, it's not like the body can only attack one side. It's not like the endometriosis in your body says, okay, guys, it's February. We're only attacking the left fallopian tube today. No one touched the right. Same thing with bacteria coming through the vagina. It's not like when they get in the uterus, they say, nobody, nobody go to the right. It's only left today. So in reality, when you have a blocked fallopian tube, you have to at least question that whatever disease caused it could be on the other side. And a tube can be open, but it doesn't mean it's functional. And so if those little fimbriae, which are the fingers of the tube, are no longer working, you're going to do great at seeing dye come through the tube, but you have no idea if it's working. And so in general, I usually would recommend going to IVF in that situation if there are other factors, which we'll get into in a second. The other gray area would be where someone's sperm is right on that borderline. So let's say they make 10 million sperm pre-wash, but then post-wash, it drops down to 2 million. That's not good. But then the next one you do, it's at 16 million, and now it's better. Sometimes that fluctuation can be quite frustrating, and so you feel like you're doing so many IUIs and it works, some of you want IUIs, it doesn't. And so it may not be a good reason to do IUIs because you just don't know what you're going to get each month. The other gray area would be people with severe endometriosis. I tend to find that people who have severe endometriosis end up not getting pregnant with IUIs even when their tubes are open. Now, again, we're talking severe, large endometriomas severe pelvic pain. I almost find always they're going to end up needing IVF. Now, does that mean IUIs don't work? Nope. And we're going to talk about that in a second, about when these gray areas are probably worthwhile trying IUIs first. But when it comes to endometriosis, it's quite variable. And so if it's very severe, you have large endometriomas, and you haven't got pregnant in over two years, likely IVF is probably going to be needed. Another gray area is going to be if you want a lot of kids and you're starting later in life. For example, if you're 28 years old and you want three kids, you're fine. Start with IUIs, get pregnant, do it again over and over. You probably have all your kids by the time you're 37, 38 easily. However, what if you start trying at 38 and now you're seeing the fertility doctor when you're about to turn 39? And you want four kids. Well, that's going to be pretty much impossible. Unless you get twins twice, 
you're going to have a hard time getting four kids between 39 and 42. And that's because after 42, very few women get pregnant. And IVF itself becomes very difficult. So generally, when I talk to patients, I don't just talk to them about what their fertility goals are, but I also talk to them about what their family goals are. And that goes into equation, which then brings us to the point I was alluding to earlier, which is when do you determine to do these things, such as if one tube is blocked, if the sperm is on the borderline? And what I usually use is a financial kind of decision in my head. If IUIs are covered by your insurance and it's only, you know, $100, then why not? I mean, all you're worried about is time, but I mean, if you're young, it's not a big deal. Whereas on the other hand, if you have to pay for them out of pocket, then the question is, what does IVF cost? So if IVF costs 20000 but IUIs are 1000 then yeah, it's still worth trying the IUIs because that's a small percentage of the IVF. Now, at my clinic, it's a little bit different. We do IVF at a much lower cost, about a third the cost of most places. So for that reason, doing IUIs is not really cost-effective, it does make more sense to go to IVF at our clinic. And that's the question I would ask yourself is where you're at. If it is cost prohibitive to do something like IUIs, then go straight to IVF because it costs too much in relation to the IVF. But if the IVF is cost prohibitive where it's extremely high and the IUIs are much lower in cost, then it may be worth doing that. The other exception is some insurances require you to at least fail three IUIs before they go on to IVF. And that's because there has been some studies that have shown that when IUIs are going to work, they're going to work within the first three cycles. Doesn't mean they can't work after that. It's just statistically more will get pregnant then than afterwards. Where you're going to see the biggest discrepancy between doctors when it comes to IUIs is going to be people who are more mature. Women who are 40 and above are almost always going to be told by doctors to go straight to IVF. Now, at first glance, statistically, it actually makes sense because it's harder to get pregnant and every month you lose, you're lowering your chance of getting pregnant the following month. At 40, it's probably every three months there's a big difference. By 42, probably every couple months makes a difference. But the problem with the study was, the study showed that when women did three cycles of Clomid and with IUIs and didn't get pregnant going to IVF, that three months they lost time and their pregnancy rate was so low that it wasn't even worth doing it. And I agree. Matter of fact, if your doctor is wanting to do Clomid IUIs with you or Fumar IUIs at age 40 and above, I would go straight to IVF because we know that when you use Clomid, it takes about 40 cycles of Clomid to get one extra live birth. So what that means is, if I take 40 women and give them Clomid and do IUIs, and three of them are going to get pregnant, we would only see one extra person getting pregnant out of those 40. So it doesn't really benefit you much. So the problem I have with the study was, it was a weak medication for people who already have advanced maternal age. And we know their egg reserve is going to be lower. So in reality, if your doctor is willing to do such 
is what I do, which is aggressive IUI cycles where you give injectable meds or at least combine them with oral meds, injectable meds, then statistically your chances go up to get pregnant. So if your doctor is willing to do that and you're only wanting maybe one more kid, it wouldn't be unreasonable to try it for up to three months. I really wouldn't try it past that, but it wouldn't be unreasonable. But if your doctor is only going to do Clomid, then in that situation, it does make more sense to go straight to IVF because you're basically giving yourself candy and hoping you get pregnant. So one thing that can get lost in all of this is, isn't IVF the best thing anyways? Shouldn't everyone do IVF? And the simple answer is yes. IVF is the best treatment we have for infertility, pretty much for all infertility. But that doesn't mean it's always right for you. I think we can all agree that a car is much better than a skateboard, right? You can probably go a lot faster. You can get there faster, has air conditioning. So the answer then would be a car or truck is always the best option when going somewhere. Yet we know that if you're just wanting to go maybe two houses down, the skateboard is a much better option now because it would take you seconds to get on it or a scooter and get over there in less than 30 seconds. But the car you have to get in, you have to drive it. You might have to restart it. Maybe your car is like my old car, my Mazda Tribute, doesn't start very well. Now it took longer to get there. Well, the same thing happens with IVF. Although IVF is the best thing, not every situation benefits from IVF as much. So if you're one of those women who don't make a lot of eggs, IVF won't work as well for you because you only make one or two eggs. And so in that situation, IUI might be more beneficial because statistically, you might be able to do more of them than IVF. So what do I mean by that? If let's say you have a bucket of money and you have $20,000, you might be able to only do IVF one time, but you might be able to do IUI four or five times. Now, yes, the studies do show that statistically, after three tries, the chances were better you would be pregnant then than afterwards. But it doesn't mean IUIs can't be done. It just means you have to change things. And so like in my clinic, I would keep getting more and more aggressive each time until you got pregnant. But you can see that with IVF, you would have only made two or three eggs. But with IUI, you would make two or three eggs every time. You do that five times and you're looking at 10 to 15 eggs. And so you can see statistically, if your issue is just a numbers game, waiting for that normal embryo to be released, sometimes IUIs can be better than IVF. Now, it's not that simple, and you definitely need to talk to your doctor. And if you don't think that may be the right, get a second opinion. But I don't want you to think this is true for everyone. But there are situations where it's actually better to do IUIs than IVF for some women. The other thing is, is that IVF isn't fun. One of the scariest things about IVF is there is no IVF 2.0. When IVF doesn't work, it is one of the scariest things ever. Because you start to think, I may never have a baby. With IUIs, you always have that background of saying, you know, I can always do IVF. So that's one of the reasons I don't like people to jump to IVF when they don't need to because IVF isn't perfect. Yeah, it's the best thing, but it's not perfect. 
I've had many people come from other clinics and fail and work at ours. I've had people fail at ours and work at somewhere else. It's not perfect. And even though we know that, it doesn't mean we walk away from it feeling that. You do feel defeated. And so sometimes jumping to the best thing when not needed can almost be detrimental to your hope where you don't want to keep moving forward because you feel like, what's the point? And we've talked about this in other episodes where it is worth trying again. But the point is, is that if you can do IUIs, they really are a great treatment. Sure, they're not great. Sure, they don't get you pregnant every time on the first time. But after three tries, about 50% of people are pregnant who should be doing IUIs. The people who shouldn't be doing IUIs, like we talked about, need to go straight to IVF. The people that are in the gray zone, you need to balance the financial considerations and things with it. And then the people who are more mature, the question comes down to is, is IVF really going to be beneficial to you? Or is it worth trying those IUIs first? If they're just doing Clomid, go straight to IVF. But they're really going to try and be aggressive. It's not unreasonable to try a few tries of IUI. Well, I hope this episode was helpful to someone who is going through this, trying to make that decision of, should I even try IUIs or should I go straight to IVF and how will it affect me? Please feel free anytime to reach out to tbft at newdirectionfertility.com to send me um, any questions or comments you have. As always, if you like the show, please review us. Give us a five star if you love it. I'll see you again next week. This is Talk About Fertility Tuesday.